A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. And we're live. Hi, everyone. Good morning. Hi, Dr. Paul. Good morning. Yay! Good morning, Gina. Hi. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> I'm always excited for my conversations with you uh, today, obviously our first conversation, although we got so many things to talk about. So you're going to be back a few times with us. Um, we're going to talk about weight loss in general and people having issues with the program process, how to maximize. But today we want to talk about supplements. Um, again, I do have to say that this is not a supplement program. People don't have to take the supplements to be successful on program, but they can help. So I do have some general questions off the top. I want to talk to you about, um, you know, like dosing and what happens if you skip and interactions and stuff like that. But first, sure. why don't you introduce yourself? Because I know we have about, you know, 15,000 brand new members who might Amazing. not be familiar with you. So how about you just do a little introduction? Yeah, sure. Um, it's been a couple of years now that I've been part of the, the Livy program. I've had a ton of fun uh, interacting, obviously, with yourself a couple of times each session, but also with a lot of people that have gone through the program. So people in my family have gone through the program. I've looked at it. Uh, and with my patients, Gina, how I kind of got involved is that this type of approach for improving metabolic health and weight loss is exactly what I was doing with my patients. And so that's yeah. how we kind of came together. Yeah. And as a naturopathic doctor, for those of you that haven't um, heard of one or worked with one before, hopefully everybody's heard of one before. Yeah. Uh, but basically the way that I approach is a, is a personalized approach to healthcare. I was talking to one of my colleagues yesterday, who's a medical doctor, and we were talking about how in medicine, conventional medicine, she's a pain specialist. There still isn't the idea of how do all the systems fit together, Gina? How does your gut have to do with your weight? How is your mood have to do with your gut? And how is your inflammation connected to um, musculoskeletal function, but also your weight? So this is the yeah. types of connections and the way that systems interact and speak together that I look at each one of my patients. We look at the uh, blood work in a very, very detailed way, in an optimizing way. I think those are very some very subtle differences is that I'm trained very similarly to a family doctor with, uh, you know, kind of three years, four years of med school and then uh, residency. But then after that, I'm not covered by kind of conventional um, government funded here in Canada, OHIP system, but I'm able, that allows me to spend more time with my patients. So it's a personalized approach. I spend more time and we really get into un identifying underlying issues and root causes. Yeah. If I can, if I, if I, if I, if I may as well, there's also so much that's unknown, right? Like oh. there's really a lot that's unknown. And one of the most aha kind of moments that I had with you was in talking about, so there is, there is the science is backing the data behind uh, supplements and how they can be a beneficial. So you have all these stores full of all these amazing supplements that we know can be beneficial. Yet when it comes to doctors, that's not really their sort of area of expertise. And when you go to right. your doctor and you have high blood pressure, 
your cholesterol issues, need to lose weight. They're like, okay, you need to lose weight. You need to get healthier. So go do that. You know, and outside of seeing, you know, a dietitian or following a certain meal plan or something like that, there is no one really to speak to and talk to about how to utilize all of these resources out there right. that are available to them. And that's sort of where you come in. Now, right off the bat, I know we're going to have people like, well, naturopathic doctors are expensive. I can't afford them. And I mean, this is the beauty of having Dr. Paul here is he's sharing <laughs> his expertise with us. And then ultimately you, you can't like just investing in your own health. You know, like yeah. I do understand it's a lot easier said than done, you know, paying out of pocket for some people, but there's a lot that people are going to get out of this conversation today. And, you know, so I, and I also just want to say, Dr. Paul and I have very real conversations. We're not, we're not afraid to disagree. We're not afraid to like get right into it. So, you know, this is a very real conversation about really how people can be proactive and and level up their health and wellness. Hence my supplements. So these supplements yeah. are things that this is definitely not, this is not like the be all end all of what everyone might need for their specific health issues. This is specific to weight loss. And these are things that over the years I've come to realize can definitely help with the program in the sense if you are deficient, they can be a benefit. So I want the first thing I want to talk about is how would someone know that they need to add in these supplements? Like I'm obviously suggesting them for weight loss. So if you're carrying excess weight, you've had a hard time losing weight, you've been doing diets for the last 20 years of your life, chances are these things are probably a benefit. But like, how would somebody know? Yeah. So there's a couple of ways that you can assess that, Gina. Um, first of all, there is the traditional way that you actually can test to see if you're deficient in, for example, iron. Uh, you can test something like B12. You can test like something like vitamin D. But yeah. that's really the extent of what you can actually test with conventional kind of typical labs. Yeah. And hopefully that you have a proactive uh, primary care provider that's going to be assessing those things. Yeah. Over and above that, Gina, there are some things like for example, magnesium and CoQ10, that there are specific situations that actually make you more deficient. And I'll give you an example. So if you're, have you been taking any sort of acid blocking medications, even if you took them in the past and you're no longer taking them, taking certain pharmaceutical medications deplete certain nutrients. Magnesium is a really well-known one with those acid blockers. Yeah. And so there are lots of things like pharmaceutical medications, past illnesses, chronic stress, excessive needs in certain conditions, malabsorption. These are all things that are kind of conspiring at different points in our lives to make us more depleted in nutrients. And unfortunately, there isn't a great one catch-all test for every single nutrient out there. Yeah. It's kind of like, what is your particular need? What is your health history? And then you can kind of assume from there. So that's how I do it. But in terms of the program, Gina, I think that everything that you've chosen, and I've gone over each one, I think that there's it makes sense on a mechanistic level. Even if you haven't tested any of these things, taking the example of magnesium again, in the laboratory, we know that most people are deficient. That's yeah. just what they've done in kind of research studies, but we can't do that for most people. So it's just a safe nutrient that has a lot of upside and very little downside to optimize your health. And so obviously I think the next question that people ask is, you know, is this going to help me lose weight? Yeah. And the question uh, the answer to that, I think, is if you're deficient, it might decrease your body's ability to stick to some of the demands that now yeah. you are being uh, put through the program, yeah. like, for example, energy levels, like, for example, moving your bowels. Those are all things that are really beneficial. So yeah. is taking magnesium going to make you lose 10 pounds? No, yeah. there's no, no research for that, but it helps yeah. your metabolism function better. So that's why I think it makes sense to take it. 
Yeah, and that's we're taking a holistic approach yeah. and not probably in the sense where people think holistic, but like we are taking, you know, we're approaching weight loss from a variety of different angles. And it's all the little things that you can do to level up to level up your health and wellness in general that's going to help with the program and the process. Right. So all of these are like super basic. They even come in, you know, kids versions. And I think that's sort of like the, the whole point is it that they are so basic that if you are deficient in them, that can be problematic and you can't help your body work at optimal levels. I want to talk about food. Because when it comes to supplements, people are always like, well, I'm eating so healthy on program and plan. Can I just get it from food? And one of the big takeaways I got from you was you'd have to basically curate your diet and everything that you're doing in order to get what you would need to address any kind of deficiency. Yeah. What, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, I think that in an ideal world, you know, we would get everything from our diet. But the reality yeah. is, is just even just I'm going to ask people right now, think about times in your life, maybe right now, maybe recently, just before you started the program. Think about, has your gut function been good? Have you <laughs> experienced uh, disruptions in things like gas, bloating, loose stools? Those are all examples of, of times when you're probably not absorbing things as well. Yeah. Are you on any medications? Yeah. How's your stress levels? We know that when our body's under stress, which is just the plight of this current world and culture we live in society, is that it's high pace. And so we endeavor as best as possible to eat as whole food, and there have been times where we haven't done that. So think about yeah. that. Maybe now you're doing it, but what about the years that you haven't done it? So these are all examples of reasons where you might need a top up of some of these things. So it's not like you're saying you need to be on this for the rest of your life. No. I think what you're trying to say is this is something that is going to augment the program. It's not going to be the be all and end all. You could choose not to do it, yes. but this is a way to level up in a mini way every single day to help your metabolism be a little bit more efficient. And that's, I think, the, the, the particular curated list that you created. I think that fits the bill there. Yeah, because there's a lot of other great ones out there. And we're so we're going to expand all that in conversations down yeah. the road with you. Um, but, you know, these are just kind of really just kind of the basic, like before you get into anything like overly complicated, you know, or, you know, trying to address certain things like these would be the most basic ones. This would be like if you the, like give me the five most basic supplements that anyone would supplements 101, like that would start outside of that. And we do have a secondary list. Then it would sort of be individual care, addressing sort of individual needs needs for specific health issues, right? It's, Correct. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. I think that the, the first initial list, like omega-3s, probiotics, uh, magnesium, these are all the, like the safety profile is so good on these yeah. that anyone could take them and it's really only upside. So there's, it's really, really, um, uh, you really don't have a downside. Now, of course, I will always say, and this is something that I know you say is always talk to your family doctor yes. or somebody that has ideally somebody that has some additional experience. And that's, I think, why we've started having conversations is because yeah. naturopathic doctors, especially with my background in nutraceutical medicine, I uh, did that for a better part of a decade. I understand formulations. I understand the research. There is a lot of research that goes into this. So there's ways that you could actually not do supplementation effectively and yeah. really just get expensive pee. And yeah. what we're trying to endeavor here is try to get everyone listening to get the most of why, what they're taking, because it's really easy to kind of take some gummies and think that you're doing, you know, yourself uh, a huge service when maybe you're just kind of spending your money in it with and spinning in circles. Yeah. Can we talk about that for a sec? Because you're not only an amazing naturopathic doctor, you do have, ex you ha have extensive experiment. Ex 
experience <laughs> <laughs> experience working actually with supplements so can you yeah. talk about like that the effectiveness of them like can you just talk a little yes. bit about yeah, I, i'm glad we are i love answering this question because it's one that i get uh question on a lot, especially when people are a little skeptical and you should be skeptical. I think yeah. that in, in, you should be skeptical about pharmaceutical medicine, yeah. about nutraceutical, about anything anyone's telling you to, to, to change your health. Yes. Uh, and that's why I love the programs because you go through all the different reasons why you're asking people to do it. And it just yeah. makes sense. So first of all, um, when someone says there's no research behind supplements in a very blanket way, that's just simply patently no. false. There's no. a lot of evidence behind supplements. I'll give you an example of, about, again, magnesium, which is, you probably can tell my favorite mineral. Yeah. Uh, there is research showing that it helps with people in chronic pain. So if you have tight muscles, magnesium can help be helpful for things like back pain, neck pain, and headaches. Yeah. So that is an evidence-based reason for using magnesium. Um, and you could go down the list of each one of the supplements, omega-3s and optimizing uh, your lipids. So like things like cholesterol and triglyceride, those are things that there's research behind. Yeah. Uh, decreasing inflammation, magnesium is shown to be decreased inflammation markers in the blood. Yeah. So you could pick out different pieces of evidence. The problem is, and why there's always a lot of, I would say, controversy around it is because yeah. A, unlike pharmaceuticals, supplements are a little bit like the Wild West, especially in the U United States, where you can buy anything at any dose and there isn't a lot of oversight. So that is a little bit of the kind of like troubling side. So that's why I advocate you kind of get what you pay for. Because if mm. you buy the cheapest, cheapest supplements, you might get the cheapest dose or the cheapest quality. There is a, there always is a, a is a reason why it's so, uh, so inexpensive. So yeah. that's number one. Number two is I do recommend just like you would go to your doctor to get advice on, you know, what pharmaceuticals to take or your yes. pharmacist, you should start building out your healthcare team. So if you haven't worked with a naturopathic doctor in the past, maybe that's something now time for you to explore. If you've yeah. gone through the program and you want to level up, maybe you're still feeling good. I love seeing patients working with patients that are trying to be proactive with their health. Yeah. They're like, you know what? I'm, I'm coming in. I, I lost 20 pounds on the Livy program, but I still have these couple nagging things. You know, I have some hot flashes or I have some gut issues. Start thinking about healthcare preventively. And that's where nutraceuticals and nutrients are really shine is when you start looking at them from a preventative perspective, Gina. Yeah. So this is the way we're, the way you're kind of teaching people to eat and now also think about their health is about taking ownership and accountability for that health. And this is a small little sliver of that pie that actually has a lot of evidence behind it. Yeah. When you start working with people that actually can guide you in that direction. Yeah. I think that concept of like, they're just like woo hooey. There's no science behind oh, them. And you just pee them out is so old. Like I, I was hearing that with people that I was working with 30 years ago. Do you know what I mean? And I, I, I'm getting old. So sometimes I do kind of, I'm old school. And my brain still thinks like things I heard way back when, back in the yeah. day, you know? So a lot has changed in 30 years when it comes to stuff like a lot has changed, man, about just health and wellness in general. Like, you yeah. know, words like insulin, metabolism, even lifestyle 30 years ago those were not buzzwords that people are using like we've just learned so much in fact when I first started the program or, or helping people lose weight and investigating why I wasn't lose weight I went down the rabbit hole of how your body takes things and converts them internally and there was like 
no information. You you couldn't find anything on how the yeah, body, right. like basics of how it worked, like basics of digestion, but not like how your body actually takes the foods and converts them and utilizes the nutrients from them. So a lot has really changed. You mentioned dose, um, you know, on all the supplements here, it'll recommend basic doses. Um, you know, it's sort of one of those things where, you know, how does one dose fit everybody when everyone is different shapes and different sizes and different needs? How would people sort of, should they just start with the, the basic recommended dose? And then, you know, what, what, where do they go from there? I mean, obviously this is where they would maybe see, you know, a naturopathic doctor or, you know, speak to their healthcare provider who might um, suggest like my doc, my daughter, for example, is um, anemic. This is a whole side conversation, but she needs to, she's low in D and iron. So she needs to take higher doses. Correct. Now, obviously you'd probably be recommended by a doctor or a healthcare provider to take more of something. But when it comes to dose, like do people just start with recommended? Yeah. Like do they, is more more? If I take more, is that going to help me more or, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good points there that need to be clarified. I'm glad you brought them up. So first of all, um, at least in Canada, there's a little bit more regulation about supplements. Uh, and that's through Health Canada that they've looked at, okay, what is the kind of the general consensus on the research on, let's say something like CoQ10. Yeah. And they will, the dose will usually reflect that. Okay. So the companies have to kind of put that dose. So it's a hundred milligrams per kind of capsule, usually for CoQ10. Now okay. there are higher doses of that. And some people, let's say if you're taking a statin medication, that's an example, mm -hmm. like you mentioned yeah. with your daughter, where mm -hmm. you need to take higher doses. So I'll say this, when in doubt, start with a dose recommended on the label, because that's been kind of what the evidence has shown to be safe and effective. Yeah. Okay. And if you need additional instruction or you have an additional condition or additional consideration, that's where your healthcare provider will give you insight. And okay. again, coming back to the idea of the right healthcare provider, most family doctors really have no education in nutrition or supplements whatsoever. Yeah. But the reality is, is that over 84% of people that come in to see their family doctor are taking at least one supplement. And these are people mm. not on the Livy plan. Yeah. So, you know, the, the family doctors don't really have good insight. So usually that's where you need to work with someone that has an expertise in that field. So if you want to take supplements, maybe it's time to think about somebody that might guide you. But in the meanwhile, or if you yeah. don't, or you can't afford it, or whatever the reason is, yeah. I think the doses that you've recommended, Gina, are a good place to start okay. or being safe. And then after that, you can personalize it. But that's really, I would say the next level of kind of maybe even leveling up your, uh, your journey. Okay. Awesome. I want to talk about how, again, we'll get into the supplements in a second. Mm -hmm. We get so many people who say to us, you know, when do I take this? When do I take that? Now we do, we have given, as you know, recommendations on the, you know, when's the best time to take something, but this is really personal above and beyond when the best sort of best time to take it is in general, plus what's more convenient for the person in terms of taking it regularly, plus any interactions with any other medications that people are taking. So can right. you just speak on that a little bit? Um, Cause you know, we were always like, this isn't something we can we can tell you we can we can tell you the basics but above that like i suggest that people you know write down the ones that are most effective or most like kind of resonate with them that they might want to take obviously go talk to the healthcare providers but also kind of make a plan for themselves on you know when to take what to take based on other you know medication that they might be taking do you have anything to add to yeah. that i think that's a good uh, starting point gina in general uh, unlike a lot of pharmaceuticals generally you could take multiple supplements at the same time. So that's a yeah. common question that I get. So for example, if you took 
fish oil and vitamin D and probiotics together, they're not going to somehow interact in the stomach and be less effective. Okay. Even something like omega-3s and vitamin D both usually are in a, an oil base or a fat base. They actually help absorb each other because yeah. they are in that oil base. Yeah. The each, there's an individual kind of uh, ideal time to take each one. The label should say that. So it should yes. say with food or without food. Yeah. When in doubt, take it with food. Um, there are some examples of, let's say, like B vitamins that if you took on an empty stomach, you might actually get a little bit of upset stomach. Zinc is another one of these. So mm -hmm. generally taking both of those with food. Okay. Um, I know zinc is not part of the plan, but some people might be taking that for yeah. immune system function. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and then something like omega-3s, anything with a fat, typically you take with food. And then something like a mineral, like for example, the calm magnesium, which is a really popular one as part of the program, that's usually taken before bed. And you can take that mineral really at any time. And then yeah. I, I always make the point of if you are taking medications and you've asked your family doctor and they haven't really given you good insight here, generally don't take your supplements at the exact same time as your medication in the same right. mouthful. There's yeah. a greater chance of interactions there, but in most cases, you know, if you're in doubt, talk to your pharmacist, talk to your naturopathic doctor, talk to your family doctor and see if they give you insight on being like, Hey, you know, there are some rare cases, like don't take magnesium with these antibiotics because they yeah. will make them less effective. But generally there isn't that type of interaction, Gina. Okay. Um, and there's one final thing I'll say, and this is one that I actually get the most often for people that are going through the program. They're like, can I take magnesium at a different time other than before bed? Because, yeah. you know, is it going to put me to sleep? Yeah. And the answer is, is that no, you can actually take it at any time yes. of the day, but if you're ready to sleep, like it's the evening, it will help you get a deeper sleep, but it's not going to knock you out. It's not going to make yeah. you pass out. It's not sedative yeah. in any you way. Still drive. <laughs> you drive. Exactly. So that's, that is one of the most common questions I get from the people yeah. that have gone through the program is like, well, I can take magnesium at a different time. Yes. Oh, this is a game changer. So yeah. yes, it might help you really fall asleep. And a lot of people do say that. Yeah. Because we are generally deficient in magnesium, but you could take a little bit in the morning and a little bit in the evening if you wanted to split it up. Okay. And then finally, before we get to the actual supplements, what happens if you skip it? You skip your dose. Like what happens if you skip it no your omega three that day yep. or whatever? Yeah, no big deal. Uh, unlike unlike an antibiotic, uh, you know, or an antidepressant or a birth control pill, if you if you skip a couple of days, then you're gonna have uh, you know a decreased efficacy of those medications. Yeah. Supplements, it's it's normal to kind of like forget on the weekend sometimes. So like, I kind of like think about that as part of a, you know, uh, whenever I give a person a plan, so it's not going to harm you in any way. Just pick right back up on the next day. It's kind of like one of those days that you might have an off day, off day in your diet, just pick right back up and continue with the program. That's the beauty about supplements is that they're incredibly safe. And it's not like you have to, in most cases, build up levels every single day. Yes. And sometimes actually we'll talk about this in future sessions, but we talk about, you know, taking plan breaks on certain yeah. supplements. If you've been on them for months and months, maybe that'll actually help you appreciate, do you still need to be on them? And a lot yeah. of people don't know the effects of them, Gina, until they stop them. They're like, wow, my muscle cramps came back or I'm not sleeping as well. Yes. Start thinking, hmm, maybe it was that magnesium I stopped after Gina's program stopped. Uh, yes. So yeah, more, I mean, more, that... more things to talk about. Um, I love personalized medicine, but I think um, 
I think that's a good kind of uh, groundwork that we set there for people um, at, within this part of the program and supplements. Yes, and that's a whole other conversation. How do you know they're working? How do you know, you know, when you take them out? Like the thing yeah. is, is that these are meant to work in combination with all the other changes that you are making. So as long as you're feeling better, sleeping better, pooping better, your weight is dropping, everything, chances are you're good. You're good. And Absolutely. you might not know exactly. how well it's factoring in until you actually stop taking that. Um, like, but I can't wait to talk about the common magnesium. So many people have so many things to say about that. So I, I, I want to get to that. But first, let's start. I'm going to go through the order of the book. Let's talk about probiotics and prebiotics, um, taking, uh, talking about them separately, talk, talking about them together. Um, gut health, obviously. I mean, there's so much to be learned still about your microbiome and how that connects with the messaging system in your body. And but, you know, ultimately we're talking about weight loss. We're talking about consuming foods, how your body processes foods, how it gets the nutrients from those foods and how, you know, it, you know, gets rid of the waste from all of that. So digestion is a massive focus on the program and plan and probiotic, prebiotic, or are sort of two really great things um, that can help address that. So let's start with, let's start with, sure. pro, and what do you, you take a probiotic, do you need a probiotic, prebiotic? Can you just take pro? Do you need pre? Can you take pre without pro? I got so many <laughs> questions that I know the answers too, but let's break it down for people. So probiotic. Yeah, yeah, uh uh, you can easily get people confused. I have people coming in still in my office. They're like, what's a pre pro what? Okay. So let's break it down. Let's make it super easy. Okay. Number one, um, probiotics are actually bacteria that have a beneficial effect. That's why they're called probiotics. Yeah. Now we know that we have more bacteria. In fact, 10 times more bacteria in our guts than we have in cells in our body. Let that soak wow. in for a second. Wow. More bacteria than we are human cells so wow. there's we've evolved to have this really symbiotic relationship with the gut bacteria and they produce vitamins they produce neurotransmitters they control inflammation they control your immune system i mean i could probably talk for two hours about the effects of what you just mentioned the gut body brain connection and now yeah. we're starting to realize gina is that it's not just the gut and the brain that's kind of almost i'm going to say old news even though we're exploring that all the time i just before i got on with you i was reading a new study showing that the effect of your microbiome and then the nerve the vagus nerve that connects your brain to mood and anxiety yes so were actually there were uh, researchers were showing that there's an effect so there's a lot of research showing that this in connection is super important and probiotics good bacteria what they do is that they temporarily modify your gut bacteria to have a beneficial effect and there are dozens of different probiotics and they all have different effects so if one probiotic doesn't work for someone maybe a different one will and that's where again you can get some tailored approaches to help you specifically of like you know what i suffer more for loose stool so i need a different probiotic and, and others. So I just want to yeah. say there's a lot of research supporting probiotics. There's even yeah. supporting probiotics and weight loss. Specifically. Yes. So that's I know that. I know that. That's, that's right. why yeah. I added them in. <laughs> that's right. That's why I think it's included in there. And so um, generally, most people take a general probiotic. And a good analogy that I use to understand the difference between a probiotic and a prebiotic, Gina, is that probiotics are like grass seeds where they might go in the gut into the into your garden into your onto your lawn and they might new seeds will grow up however probiotics are not bacteria at all but they are the fuel for bacteria yeah so sorry prebiotics prebiotics so yeah is the kind of precursor to making your own bacteria grow so it's like the fertilizer yeah probiotics are the grass seed 
prebiotics or the fertilizer. So you actually don't act, ever throw both of them on your grass at the same time. Hopefully right. at least you don't because you'll, you'll burn your seeds. But you could take them together, but you don't need to. You okay. can actually, if you're eating fiber, which your plant is full of fiber-rich vegetables and fruits, then you are taking prebiotics. Yes. Prebiotics are found in a lot of foods. Probiotics are found in certain fermented foods like yogurt, for example, but not in as many as prebiotics. So a good way to think about it is if you want to grow a beautiful lawn, then you might temporarily use your grass seed to patch up some uh, dry spots and some, uh, some uh, soily spots. Yeah. But overall, prebiotics are going to be the things long-term that are going to fertilize your microbiome to grow strong and healthy. So hopefully that gives people an idea of the difference between prebiotics and probiotics. And the last thing I'll say is when do you use either one? So probably the best safest answer for people on the program is that there's, there's a benefit to using both. And so sometimes yeah. even there's products that will combine both. Like I know the gut smart formulation. Um, I'm not associated with any particular formulations. If I say that in brand, that doesn't mean that I want you to go necessarily go buy it. However, Same. Yeah. And with Eugenia, I think that's what we love about what we do. Yeah. But, um, you know, there are examples of that on the market. You don't have to. You can custom pick your probiotic, maybe the one that you um, really like from the past, and then you can add in a prebiotic. And there's multiple types. So find one that works for you. If you don't know where to start, maybe start with a probiotic first because they generally are better tolerated. Because there are a small percentage of people, Gina, that they take either a probiotic and more often a prebiotic, and they actually feel like their gas and bloating got worse. Yes. Um, that's because your bacteria is using that fertilizer, that prebiotic, and sometimes there's an adjustment period that, that happens. And then we'll talk in future sessions about what if you feel really bad after that, because there are certain situations where we actually need to rebalance your microbiome, but we'll leave that for another session. Yeah. Like that's, there is something to be said. And I, I hate this concept, but there's something to be said about sometimes you feel worse before you feel better as the body's yeah. adjusting to the changes that you're making. And also I do have in my notes, like people who, you know, are following Sybil, for example, you that's know, right. this adding the, adding the fertilizer can just make the bad things worse. So 100%. but for most people, so can we just do a quick like recap who would benefit from taking a probiotic? I would say number one, for just general wellness, if you're trying to level up during the program, anybody can take it. There's no harm in taking a probiotic, even if you don't have any major gut issues. Okay. Number two, this, the real indication for probiotics are people that have digestive issues. So if you have yeah. kind of like gas and bloating, or if you're a little constipated, or you have some loose stools, that's where probiotics, I would say, really shine is when you mm -hmm. actually can regulate some of those some of yes. those things, even something like IBS, irritable bowel syndrome can sometimes uh, have benefits from taking probiotics. Okay. So I would say that's the, that's the general rule of thumb. Okay. I'm just going to add though, that people, because of the way, you know, the body's releasing fat, they can have loose bowel movements while following the program, which can be normal. But before they started the program, if they had bouts of loose bowel movements, then that could be an indication. What about prebiotic? Who would benefit from prebiotic then? Yeah. So I would say if you've taken a probiotic uh, and you feel like now it's something else you want to level on, I would say most people take probiotics before they take prebiotics. They're just yeah. more accessible and more well-known. Yeah. Uh, maybe think about incorporating a prebiotic if you've already taken a probiotic, or if you feel like, you know what, my gut function is really good now I, and you're choosing between the two, I would maybe go towards the prebiotic because 
I think that's the better longer term strategy. There are a lot of health benefits that are more specific to weight loss, in my opinion, like actually, like you said, binding up some of the substances that you're now starting to detoxify out of your system. Yeah. So you actually can do that with a prebiotic, you bind up fats, you bind up uh, toxins and hormones, and that is purged through the gut. So, and then it also does kind of make you feel a little fuller. So it might help a little bit with kind of that satiety as you're kind of now going to be downsizing in future weeks. So I would say if you're ready to kind of level up your gut, a prebiotic would be the next thing to take. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Okay, great. Awesome. Um, what should we get into next? Where am I? Uh, vitamin D. Yeah. So, I mean, on the on the most simplistic level, I like vitamin D because it kind of tricks your body into thinking it's summer. There's no need to store that excess fat, but I mean, it does so many other things beyond that. Um, and so many people do have to be mindful, like unless you're actually getting outside 15, 20 minutes of that, you know, sun on your skin, most of us are wearing sunscreen or we're covered up, or especially in the winter months that we're going to be rolling into when you wake up, it's dark, you come home from work and it's dark. Um, vitamin D is like so important. Um, I have pills here. I also have drops. So that, you know, the importance of vitamin D maybe, and then also the different like D, D2, D3 yep. pills, liquid, like, yeah, so let's break it down. So vitamin D, um, it, it comes from the sun. That's the way that our body creates vitamin D. When the sun, specifically UV, UVB rays, they hit your skin, they convert something called cholesterol, which we all have, yeah. to the active forms of vitamin D. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, especially if you live in the Northern Hemisphere, you uh, are not going to be getting the right type of sun to get that exposure unless it's in the summer and you have kind of like 50% of your body exposed and the sun is more than 45 degrees. So that's basically like 1030 to 330 on a sunny summer day. Um, And so in Canada, the approach that I know a lot of my, my family doctor colleagues take is that and this has been told to me numerous times by medical doctors is like, we just assume everybody's deficient Yeah. there. And I, and there's a danger in that Gina, because I have numerous examples of people that have been told to take vitamin D in the winter months. And they take the recommended dose of thousand IU. And then I test their blood and it, they're still deficient. Yes. So there's issues with absorption. There's issues with the actual type. And you pulled up the capsules with the, with the liquid that you may not actually be getting the right amount of it in the actual capsule form, let's say. Yeah. Uh, vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin, so it is better absorbed when you take it with meals. A lot of people are taking it at times that it's not well absorbed. So there's a lot of factors that can possibly inhibit its, its 
absorption and you might actually need a higher level. So this is one example of a nutrient that I strongly recommend at least once every couple of years, get yourself tested. Once a year would be ideal. Yeah. And most of the time, at least in Canada, your family doctor is willing to run it, but they might say you have to pay 30 bucks or 60 bucks or whatever it is to, to, to test it. I think it's worth doing because the benefits are so far reaching. Um, you've probably heard about vitamin D for bones, but as you mentioned, it's great for mood. It's great for pain levels. It's good for energy. It itself could be responsible for people feeling sluggish and yeah. stiff. Yeah. And so that's where I think you need to optimize your dose. And sometimes the bare minimum of a thousand IUs, which is what's on the label and what a lot of doctors are recommending is not enough if you're deficient because you are not getting your levels up fast enough. Yeah. And you're kind of, it's almost like keeping you treading water and it's not good to tread water in a deficient level. So that's kind of an overview vitamin D really important, but the benefit of this one is that you can actually test it and then really know what dose to take. Okay. What's the difference between D2, D3, and do you need K with it? People always yeah, ask that. Brilliant question. So D2 is unfortunately the form that is very poorly absorbed. That's not as bioactive. It's actually a, a fungus-based form. Uh, and so it is sometimes used to fortify foods like cereal and milk, mm -hmm. but your body doesn't use it very well. D3 is the form that humans use. And that is what most supplements now are vitamin yeah. D3, but there still is a few kind of lower quality multivitamins, uh, and even some prescription, uh, vitamin D's that are D2. So I'd recommend to avoid those. Yeah. Uh, and so look for a supplement that is oil-based or in the caplet, cause that's the way it's best absorbed. Take it with meals. And then if you're interested in knowing your levels, that is a way that you can optimize your dose. And if you just want to assume then, you know, it's quite safe to go anywhere between one and 3000 IUs for yeah. most people that, uh, have a winter un unless you're in, you know, in a, a really, really sunny place and you get vitamin D all the time. Yeah. And because I know there's people who do live in, we're in 52 countries now, which is yeah. just amazing. <clears throat> there's people who live in uh, warmer climates who might just be, I'm in the sun all the time. I'm a supper girl. I love the sun and I do not absorb it well. So even when being in the sun exactly. all along and, you know, wearing tank tops and bathing suits and bikinis and all that, I still don't absorb it. So, yeah. you know, the people in the, I guess, obviously get tested if you really know, but, you know, living in the sun year round doesn't necessarily mean that your vitamin D levels are great. There's lots of research looking at this too, Gina, because, you know, for example, there's one that I'm thinking of is, is surfers in Hawaii were tested for vitamin D levels in their bloodstream. And they found that still a large percentage of them were insufficient and deficient. And these yeah. are people that are, you know, in the sun in the all sun. the time. And yeah. also finally consider, as you already mentioned, almost every single uh, skincare product now has like an SPF in it, which is yeah. a sun blocking factor <laughs> or sun protection factor. And so you are going to be decreasing your vitamin D absorption. Um, a lot of people have this, they're very petrified of the sun for its effects on skin cancer, possibly, and also uh -huh. for its effects on possibly getting wrinkled. So if you're thinking about that, you know, these are all things that are decreasing our exposure to to that uh, that's those sun rays that form vitamin d question i just popped up popped into my mind like when you're talking about your like your probiotics prebiotics your microbiome and digestion would that the strength of that affect maybe your absorption of some of these things that you're taking um 
I think in theory, Gina, when you have a healthy microbiome, you are definitely going to have improved absorption. Yeah. Um, it's that you can just really look at that logically of like, if you have a lot of undigested food and gut issues, you can clearly assume that you're not absorbing things well. Yeah. But in terms of uh, us definitively saying, if I take a probiotic, I'm going to improve my vitamin D absorption, that that research is not Not there. So we can't can't say that. (laughs) Um, But I I definitely think that there is a connection between nutrients. And so this is, I think, the next level of a conversation that we can have in, in future sessions. But there is a synergy, for example, between vitamin D and magnesium. And what I mean by that, um, if you just take lots of vitamin D because you've been told it's good for your immune system and you're trying to prevent from getting the flu, uh, your body to actively use it in the, in your cells, it needs magnesium. Yeah. So if you don't have magnesium or enough magnesium stores, you could take all the vitamin D in the world, but you just won't actually get the full benefit. So that's another mm-hmm. reason that vitamin D may not be effective for you. And it may have nothing to do with vitamin D at all. It might have to do with some of the nutrients. So I think to your point, maybe we don't quite know exactly the influence of probiotics on vitamin D yet, but I think that we can safely say that there's a strong connection between magnesium and vitamin D. And then you mentioned vitamin K2, which helps vitamin D do its job and it does it in a complementary way of preventing the overcalcification of your, uh, of your actual arteries. So vitamin D helps pull up the calcium from your digestive system. And then vitamin K says, you know what, I'm going to put it in the right spot. Mm. And so that's the beauty about vitamin K2. So is it necessary to supplement yes. together? That was it's my next question. 100% necessary. But if again, if you want to level up and optimize, then magnesium, K2 and D all are synergistic with vitamin D3. Okay, good segue into magnesium. So I am a fan of the calm, the, the citrate, because it's easily absorbed by most people. Um, it supports the body's detox process. It can help with sleep, which obviously is so key. And it can also help with bowel movements for a lot of people. But I'm not suggesting it, obviously, as a sleep aid or, uh, you know, to help people go to the bathroom, although it can help right. in that area. It's about the magnesium, magnesium in general. Now, there are other magnesium supplements like the bisglycinate, for example, you know, that your doctors might have suggested, but how many different types of magnesium are there? Cause you're like, you're the magnesium guy. Yeah, there's over 10. I'll put it that way. And there's so many yeah. different forms. Uh, maybe there's probably four or five more common oral forms. There yeah. are also like magnesium sulfate is a form that I, I use with intravenous nutrients. So that's a rare example that I might put that into somebody's uh, IV bag and more commonly magnesium sulfate is found in Epsom salt baths, but yes. magnesium sulfate isn't a great, uh, you know, a great oral form, but you mentioned magnesium glycinate or magnesium citrate. Um, I, I do want to say the MagCom is a really common one, but there actually is a little bit of a unique mechanism of MagCom. A lot of people think that it's citrate, but there it's kind of like a, when you, you see, when you put it in it, it actually bubbles up. What yeah. happens there is that it's not magnesium citrate. In fact, it's magnesium uh, reacting. It's actually originally in a magnesium carbonate form. And then it reacts to create what's called ionic magnesium, which is actually magnesium suspended in liquid. That's why you have to mix it. So that's why you get pretty good absorption with that type of magnesium. Uh, But there are other forms. So if you don't love the taste and I have patients that come in, they're like, oh, I hate that stuff. And then I have some patients that come in and they say, I love it. So, I mean, there's unflavored, there's the raspberry lemon, 
Uh, I like the the powdered one. If you are into having a pre-bed routine, yeah. you want to just have it simple. You can do it all in one shot, but you don't have to do it like that. It's, yeah. If you like it, you can do it. And, and people do say that they feel like it helps with their sleep, but you could easily do, you know, two capsules of magnesium biglycinate, bisglycinate or, or <clears throat> magnesium citrate, any one of those better absorbed forms. In terms of forms, the only one I recommend people stay away from is magnesium oxide because yeah. that is a more laxative form. Yeah. And if you already take too much magnesium of any type, you're going to be going to the bathroom and you might even be experiencing this yourself with MagCom, where if you've never taken magnesium before and you start taking, you know, well, if one teaspoon is good, maybe two heaping teaspoons is better. And all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, you wake up and you're like, yeah. I'm like, go to the bathroom like crazy. Maybe dial back the dose and yes. take one in the morning instead of, uh, instead of in the evening. So uh, avoid mag-, mag oxide, but any other of those forms I mentioned, I think would be a good place to start. Yeah. And so a couple of questions that we get is like the flavored ones. It does have stevia, but it, the benefits outweigh the, the stevia. I'm not a fan of stevia or any kind of artificial. Yeah, neither am I. If you, if it, if you can take it and it helps you take it, then great. Um, also, this is the reason why we wait on introducing supplements because, you know, that as, as people know, and making changes to their diet and their body detoxing, which is again, the very loose, super general term I use when the body's releasing fat that can have effect on your bowel movements. And then people will always blame the calm egg on that. And sometimes you take the calm egg out you st- and you still have the loose bowel movements because yeah. your body's still releasing fat. So, so this is one of those ones that, you know, uh, I find that sometimes people will take it, they'll be bajiggity. So they got to take more and that'll actually help calm them down. Or if you get those loose, too loose of a bowel movements, just decrease the dose. So this is one of those ones that you just kind of play around with. Right. Um, That's a scientific term, bajiggity. We will look that up. (laughs) Uh, No, it's true. And, and, And magnesium is one of those things that again, most people tolerate really well. There really is minimal side effects. The only thing really is, is loose stools. However, if you are one of those one out of 10 people that do feel a little bit bajiggity or yeah. a little bit like, um, like you feel like you're kind of like antsy or you actually have more restlessness, normally yes. muscle cramping and restlessness improves, then um, maybe try a little bit less or a little bit more. And that yeah. depending on changing the dose actually can change it. Or thirdly, maybe change the form of your magnesium, maybe try instead of the magnesium carbonate, which is in the MagCom, you can actually try a magnesium glycinate and just changing the form. I've had patients almost weekly tell me, yeah, you know what, that worked better. And Mm -hmm. um, so that's one of those examples that you might have to play around with it. Um, And uh, in generally, again, it's, it's tolerated. Can you take both? Can you take like if you were taking the the uh, bis biglycinate or bisglycinate, whatever you want to call it? Um, which one is it? Do you call it bisglycinate? Yeah, it's, it's officially, it's bisglycinate, B-I-S. Yeah. But that's just a fancy way of saying two glycine molecules. It's um, yes. organic chemistry. So, can you take if you're taking that? Can you also take this? Like, can you? Yeah, or absolutely. Because, and yeah. so, I, I have a lot of patients that I counsel exactly doing that. They're like, "Well, you know what? I want to start taking a little bit more magnesium, but I don't want to take a huge bolus dose at one shot, yeah, yeah. which you have a greater chance of getting loose stool." So, yeah. keep the one teaspoon in the evenings because they like their routine. But then you can always add one or two capsules in the morning. And and when you take them apart, Gina, you could take two different forms. You get the benefit of the different forms and it's more convenient maybe in the morning for you to take two capsules and be on your way for work. And in the evening, you keep the, the mag calm. 
Okay, I, we this we did um we just busted out our bowel movement protocol because people have constipation, loose bowel movements, or the programs, all the changes that they're making, and it is suggested that you can try splitting up your calm magnesium dose throughout the day. That can really help. Now, some people are concerned they're going to get addicted to this and they'll have to take this for the rest of their lives for their bowel movements. Can you just talk about that for a sec? Yeah, the, the, the beauty about every single supplement that is part of the program, there is no potential for addiction. Yeah. And so uh, addiction generally is to do with the fact that we have to differentiate between habituation and addiction. So addiction mm -hmm. is something like I'm taking an anti-anxiety medication and my receptors actually change. So that is yeah. addictive. But habituation might be like, you know what, I need to take my magnesium to go to the bathroom. And that's because your peristalsis, that, you know, natural unconscious movement of your mus smooth muscles in your gut has been def deficient and defunct for so long that you continue to need magnesium. So mm -hmm. as long as we, you know, you haven't addressed that underlying issue, then you probably still need to take magnesium. However, think about this, going through the program, increasing hydration, increasing good fats, putting fiber into your diet. Most people, Gina, they don't need the same dose of magnesium they started with because yes. their overall gut function has dramatically improved over Such a good time. point. Such a good point. Such a good point. Um, let's move on to uh, digestive bitters. Yeah. I have the Canadian bitters here. Um, are you a fan? You love the bitters? Yeah. So I'm a big fan of bitters because they are a good way of teaching your body what it should be producing. Mm. So a lot of times people, when they have digestive issues, they'll either go to probiotics. And then the second thing that a supplement store clerk or nutritionist will recommend is digestive enzymes. Enzymes. I was going to say enzymes, right? Enzymes. And so enzymes have a role, they have a place and they just generally will actually help break your food down where your own digestive organs like the pancreas and your stomach and your small intestine might not be producing enough of these digestive enzymes. There's a lot yeah. of reasons why, Yeah. but I prefer to use bitters because what it does is that it starts the process from the brain down. So it's actually, a lot of people don't know this, bitters are leveraging your gut brain connection mm. for promoting your digestive function. How does okay. it do that? Well, we have bitter receptors on our tongue and that is connected to our central nervous system. And those receptors send a signal to our brain and that relays a signal down to our gut to say, hey, this bitter, these bitter principles in the herbs are now going to trigger an increase in stomach acid production. I just and smelt it and it's all got increased. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, but that's exactly the thing. So if you don't taste your bitters, yeah. then you might actually be missing out on part of their beneficial effects. You actually mm. need to taste them a bit. Yeah, so I know it's like a bit of a Buckley's phenomenon where you have to kind of like, uh, but you kind of get used to it and you can always dilute it with more water or try a little bit lower dose. And then they'll have an effect right away in the, in the mouth through the central nervous system and the gut brain connection. And then they also have a local effect where they're going to start helping you produce mucin. They're going to start helping you produce mm. local enzymes, and that's going to help break your food down better. So it's almost like training wheels for your gut, And then you're going to hopefully stop needing them because again, there's an adjustment process that happens where your microbiome shifts and you're going to create more enzymes. And then your stomach kind of gets into this, like almost like Pavlovian response. They're like, okay, food, more stomach acid, more enzymes. 
Ah. I have a better breakdown and I have less Ooh. gas, I have less bloating, and there's just a really good domino effect that way. Huh, interesting. Tr like training your digestive system. Yeah. I love this. So who would benefit from this? Like everybody? Well, I mean, I think, um, I wouldn't say everybody, because if your digestive system is great and you have no gas and bloating, you have no reflux, and you're having great bowel movements, then you could probably assume that those processes- Does that person about. exist? Does that person exist? <laughs> Well, it's, it's probably not most of us, but there are some people. Yeah, I, there are some people, Gina, that, you know, I would say that they, um, that they're pretty good. Now, I think yes. if someone took a really good look, they probably would be more along the lines of, well, if I eat on plan, I feel good. Or if I don't eat, you know, these particular yeah. trigger foods. So in general, yeah. okay. most people, especially if they're starting to go through the program, I would highly recommend to start using them because- there is also a connection with starting to retrain that gut brain connection mm -hmm. with those bitters that the, the bitters will do. And you want to start that process. So I do think it's a good thing to, to start off with, even though you may feel like, oh, my gut's good, but most people can improve. But what about specifically like uh, people with digestive issues, maybe people who are missing their gallbladder, would they benefit from digestive? Yeah, all, all of the above. So people, if you have IBS, if you have some sort of like gas bloating, if you're burping all the time, mm -hmm. digestive enzymes are, uh, sorry, digestive bitters are a great place to start off with. You could take it with digestive enzymes too. If you know you have a previous naturopath that recommended that, absolutely. Um, with a gallbladder, Gina, uh, one of the mechanisms of digestive bitters is that it stimulates your liver and your gallbladder to produce more bile to oh. break down fat. Now, if you're missing a gallbladder, unfortunately, you don't have that type of like, wait for the fat and then a big release. And so it's kind of like the steady drip. So in my experience, it's kind of like a third of the people, they have improvement of all their symptoms they had before their gallbladder removed. Mm -hmm. A third of the people is kind of like, I am feeling a lot worse. And yeah. then a third of the people, it's kind of like, eh, you know, nothing really like changed. I still have the same symptoms. So it's kind of hit and miss. So those people may actually need enzymes that contain bile in it because they may not be releasing the bile at appropriate time. So you can definitely try it okay. and then see if, um, if that makes an effect. Um, and then I would, lastly, I would say whenever you're taking digestive enzymes, the one caution is, is that if you happen to have an active stomach ulcer, if you're putting any sort of like herb, that's going to be stimulating down there, yeah. you may actually feel a little bit worse. So if you take digestive enzymes and you feel a lot worse, especially after you've kind of tried to decrease the dose, make it more diluted after a week or two, and you continue to feel like, you know, you have like more symptoms, especially upper digestive tract, then that might be one of those rare examples that that's not for you. And maybe you need to talk to your doctor about assessing if you have an ulcer happening. Okay. 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 I love this conversation. Oh my gosh. I've got a, I got my running out of time. Omega three. Yeah. So one of the most studied in, uh, nutraceuticals, natural health products in the world, a tremendous amount of literature on everything from cholesterol to metabolism to brain function. We know that, you know, for example, with pregnancy and new babes, but yeah. specifically for the program, I think it's just another great good fat. So if you just look at it from the most beneficial basic perspective, yeah. it's going to give you good fats that are more uh, anti-inflammatory. Why is that important? Well, we're going to talk a lot about inflammation in the yeah. next two sessions. And so yeah. you're going to really understand why that's so important. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, I want just to talk about fats very, very briefly. And, and I don't know if, how much detail this is covered in the program, but 
Every single one of your cells, Gina, is covered by a fatty layer. It's like a, it's called a, a double lipid bilayer. And in that layer, all these fats are incorporated. So if you've been eating a lot of potato chips, or if you've been eating a lot of deep fried foods, like you those know me. fats are incorporated into those cellular membranes. Yes. Okay. And so those cellular membranes is where all the communication pathways are. So this is how your cell communicates with its environment. Mm. So your omega-3s, when you eat it, what it happens over time, and this doesn't happen in one week, it might happen after a month or two. And that's why this is a bit of a longer term proposition. They start getting incorporated into those signaling pathways and they start being anti-inflammatory in the long run. Oh. So it's really important. And you can actually test this. You can test your omega-3 levels. And most people in North America in the last 20 to even 50 years, the amount of omega-3s has dramatically gone down compared to the other types of fats in your cellular membrane. And that has a long-term effect on your health. It has effect on very obvious things like cell function, inflammation, but also less obvious things like, for example, you know, the luster of your skin, because yeah. these are all fatty membranes. You can probably look at your skincare line and look at these are all different types of fats. Yeah. And this is the, this has been well known in science, but I think this is the mechanism that I think everyone needs to understand. Omega threes, you take them, you're not going to lose 20 pounds just because of that, yeah. but you're optimizing your metabolism, Gina. So you're in the long run going to have better health outcomes. And isn't it sort of a thing where, you know, we're, we're not eating as much fish. We're not eating as uh, foods high in, in omega threes. I mean, adding, you know, omega three eggs and stuff like that. I mean, really, um, you, you're not going to get it from there. And there's just, uh, there's like so much foods available with, with, um, omega six, like, sorry, with, um, your six, the six in there. So that causes that imbalance is really causing, uh, that can cause inflammation. Correct. You know, you, you said it perfectly. That's exactly what's happening is that the ratio in our foods, particularly with the introduction of these industrial seed oils. So if you right. look at like anything like corn oil or cottonseed oil or palm oil or vegetable oil, yeah. oil, these are things and types of fats that are very rich in more pro-inflammatory uh, kind of like downstream products. Yeah. They compete with the omega-3s. And so we need to have a higher amount of these omega-3s to counterbalance it. So there is your omega-3s. And the one that you're holding in your hand is, is a soft gel. So it's a caplet. It's usually found in uh, one of these gelatin um, capsules. There are vegan forms as well for people yeah. that don't want to have the gelatin or they don't want to have the fish or a lot of people don't like that kind of fishy burp back, which generally <laughs> the higher quality brands of fish oils oh, no. get that. No. And that's the difference. That's how you know that the quality is really good is where it's better tolerated. Another little hack, Gina, is make sure you put all your omega-3s in the fridge. Okay. That will further decrease your kind of potential for burp back. And it also keeps them fresher. Any omega-3s, especially liquid, should be consumed within a month. And if you have that bottle that's been sitting there for six months and you bought it, you know, a long time ago, time to throw it out and to get a new one because you can get rancid oils, even though it says it's within the uh, expiry date or best before date. If it's a liquid, especially you're going to get oxidation. Okay. I do want to talk about collagen, but more so than that, um, to your point, keep them in the fridge. Don't keep in the fridge. Everyone's a little different. What about liquid versus pills versus gummies? Like 
Yeah. So very simply gummies, the advantage of them is that they taste better. And so the, the hope is that you'll take them more often. However, the reality is, is that most people are also going to get some sugary things in there, which we don't want. And so I'm, uh, that's why I generally avoid that. Um, I also think that the amount that you get in there, the dose is just woefully inadequate. So you're going to have to take a heck of a lot more gummies. So if I, person- I also think they're for children straight up yeah, they're for they're kids. kids. Yeah. gummies are for kids. And you know, so many things as adults, we have to do that we don't like or love, but you know, if it's going to help level up your health and wellness at the end of the day, like I don't got no tolerance Ask Tony, I had no tolerance for my kids taking the stuff they need to take. Like, I'm like, you're going to take it, like, just take it. I don't want to hear the whining. I don't want to hear the crying just take it. But it's also, it's just a waste of money. Like these companies are smart. They know that people don't yeah. like taking things. Sure. They try to create things for people that they're going to take. Like, is anybody realistically going to get what they need from a gummy? The amount that I, I know, cause I formulated these products, the amount you actually physically can load in there is just way less than you get in obviously a capsule. Yeah. Um, and then the advantage, obviously on the flip side of, of, of uh, a liquid is that you get the highest dose. So yes. if you don't really care about the, the flavor or taste, and by the way, that flavor and taste has dramatically improved for, you know, over the last 10 years. So you could take cod liver oil, even, which is a type of omega-3 and it used to be horrendous. And now it tastes like bubble gum or it tastes like, you know, uh, things. So my kids will take it. Um, and just a word about that. Yeah. This program, that. Gina is asking you to level up your health. And so we need to be all in around that. And, and if you continue to be like, well, I'm, I'm not going, I'm going to follow Gina's plan, but I'm going to be eating gummies with my magnesium or for my thing. It just, it doesn't compute yeah, unless you have like a ma- major aversion. And I have a few patients that are like, yeah. I can't swallow pills because they get stuck in my throat or something like that. Then there's a liquid version. And so I would say first go for a liquid before you go for the gummy because majority yeah. of it is a marketing point. Yeah. Okay. So whatever, but okay. So let's talk about the flavors real quick. And I know I'm, I, I'm out of time, but I'm going to say, we're okay. I have a couple extra minutes, Gina. Okay. Um, so if something has flavor in it, I mean, obviously a better quality product would also have better quality flavorings, hopefully more naturals and stuff. Would taking something that has flavor in it out, like be okay. If, if it just means taking it more often, like what's the, it's a very similar to the con magnesium. Like it's got flavor in it, but it's better to get it in than not get it in. Yeah. So when you're talking about, uh, so simply I would say yes. So if you are like, I hate the flavor of the plain call mag, then the, the, the amount of stevia that's in the raspberry lemon flavor is, yeah. is not going to be a huge deal. Okay. Um, that's number one. Number two is that the, uh, this idea of everything being natural flavor, you know, look, just look at bubblies or any one of these like flavored drinks. It's like, if natural flavor, natural flavor is in everything now. And so um, we have to be cautious with the term natural flavor because, you know, it still is a synthetic molecule. Like when you actually break it down, but I think the reality is, is that, you know, we can't overthink everything to Gina and be like, to the point that we're paralyzed. Like I have a couple patients that are so neurotic about everything has to be so perfect that they literally are getting in their own way of mm. actually being healthy. Yeah. So I'd rather you be like, take the darn omega threes that are liquid and they happen to be, you know, lemon flavor and the tiny minuscule amount of lemon flavor is a bit of a question mark, but you know, you take it once a day. And as long as you, that doesn't trigger cravings of I'm now eating a ton more sugar, then most people are going to be fine with that. 
Okay. Love it. Lastly, I want to talk about collagen. Now, I just personally can tell that when I'm taking my collagen, my hair grows, my nail grows. Like I notice a difference. I do believe in quality. Um, I do like the deep marine and the within us because they are, you know, they're they're highly sourced. You, less is like you can take less for your money, whereas a lot of them and they don't taste fishy. Whereas a lot of them taste fishy if you're getting marine. There are bovine sources. There are a variety of different collagen sources. Right. Um, are we in the book, we did list you kind of like sources that can help, like, you know, with creating more collagen in your system, collagen starts to deplete as you get older. What are your, what are your straight up thoughts on collagen? Yeah. So I would say collagen in my mind is almost like a medical food. Like I know it's kind ah. of like it straddles this kind of like line between supplements and food. And, and the reason I think of it as a food is because it, you find collagen in meat and animal products in small yes. amounts, especially if you're eating some of the kind of uh, more traditional either organ meats or the, the joint type of stuff. So and bone, like, for broth, example, bone broth, right? Bone broth. I was just going to say bone broth, yep. bone marrow. Yep. 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 Um, so these, what it contains is building blocks to make your own collagen. And so to me, that's why I think it's like a medical food. So I do see the same type of feedback as if people, you know, they really enjoy the, what it does to their skin. And again, quality does matter. There's lots of different types and different types are for different things. For example, you know, yeah. there's type one, two, three, and four. Yes. Uh, and each particular type um, is going to have an effect on different tissues. Like for example, you know, things like type four are more for joints. And so mm -hmm. that is, might be beneficial for if you have sore achy joints where other yeah. types and it'll say it right on the label this is more for dermatological reasons yeah so i think it is a very reasonable supplement to take again quality does matter because whenever you're taking like either a bone broth or something like uh, an animal-based source we want to make sure there isn't a concentration of toxins in there like yes. for example you know there has been some studies showing that bone broth could have higher levels of lead because lead is found and accumulates in bones. Well, yes. So yeah. quality the same doesn't thing matter. With, marine, with the marine, right? With fish, yeah. and, you know, all sorts of, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So quality doesn't matter, but generally good quality companies will make sure that those are tested and yeah. those levels are well in safe ranges. And then, you know, I think, again, the side effects are basically minimal. Like I've never heard a person say, I, I don't feel good after my collagen. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like saying, you know what? I'm low in iron. I'm going to eat some red meat. Um, yeah. so that's the kind of analogy I use. <laughs> I love that. I mean, it's a fairly new product sort of on the market and, you know, that's what I'll say, consult with your doctor. I know pregnant women are, you know, they always have questions about it though. You know, a lot of midwives, you know, will recommend it. Um, it does have a, also have a sort of a bit of a, is it a probiotic or a prebiotic? Like it can help with digestion. I've heard. Yeah, because remember, there's a lot of connect. There's a lot of connective tissue in your digestive system. It's not just your skin or just yeah. your hair or just your nails. It's also your joints. It's also all the tissues that support uh, your digestive system can use uh, collagen to help repair it. So any sort of tissue uses collagen to for repair, including your blood vessels, for example. Mm. So having enough of the building blocks around, because it's not like whole amounts of collagen are absorbed. Collagen yeah. is a, is a string of amino acids and a big long protein. So that's broken up, but then it's absorbed and it's reassembled. And so it's kind of like a shipload of bricks that you're going to bring right, right to your house. That's ready to use for building. So it's okay. like I'm having the raw materials ready there instead of having a slower supply of raw materials 
it'll help promote that. And so a lot of people will say, you know what, my, my skin looks better. My digestive system might be a little bit better. Um, there's, you know, evidence possibly on leaky gut, which is again, the permeability of the gut lining. So I think that the, the collagen is reasonable to take as a supplement. And we are talking weight loss and people are concerned about skin. So that's really why I'm suggesting it. Anything you can do along with dry brushing and, you know, all of that, you know, making sure you're up to speed when your body's healthy as possible can help. I know we got to go because you're short on time. I also know that everyone is going to ask, where can I find Dr. Paul? Can I go see him? Can I book an appointment? He was a very, very, very busy man. Um, he's not going to be in the group answering any of your questions, just so you know, although we, we're so grateful to have him. Um, and he's going to be back. And we're going to talk more about, we do have secondary supplements, some of the ones he's, he yeah. talked about, the CoQ10 and, and such that, you know, sort of once you get that body up to speed, you know, can be a benefit. Again, not a supplement program. Um, we're also going to be talking about things like inflammation and hormones. And, you know, those of you who might have a harder time getting the scale to move, what you, can you do about that? So we're going to uh, have him back. Um, we're going to have those conversations, but for now, where can people find you? I know we linked your Instagram. Um, yep. So um, I, I, Instagram is a great place to find me. I, I, I have two clinic locations. One of them, I, I do virtual at both, uh, but um, I am seeing patients in Ontario, uh, which is where I'm licensed. So that would be one yeah. definite prerequisition for it. Um, and you can easily call the clinic or, or book online uh, for appointment. But my one ask, and I, and I'm, I haven't said this before, but you know, it's, it's really, I, I want to work with people that are really serious about leveling up their health. There's a lot of people that are like, Oh, I like the idea of it. And I'll just book in. And then, then they're taking up a spot for somebody that really wants to do it. And it, cause if they end up not really be willing to do it. So that's my one um, humble ask for anybody that's looking to book is that, you know, make sure that we're serious about it. And if you do have an ND that you're working with, don't be afraid to go and, and, and have the conversation with them. I, I think that yeah. I want people to have naturopathic doctors as part of their team. That's my big takeaway message. You don't necessarily have to work with me. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the waiting list is quite long at times, but, um, I do want people getting help on this, uh, on this particular area. And, you know, Gina, it's, it's wonderful that you're starting that conversation. And so I appreciate always being on with you and having a, a, an awesome combo. So thank you for having me. I know where you're going with this because it's sometimes people think it's the quick fix, right? And we like, you're like me, we give so much and we really want to help people. And then sometimes people just want that quick fix with this. Like there's a, there's a lot to it, even starting with a natural pathic doctor, it's investigative. It's trying to figure yeah. out what works. Like it's not, it's not for everybody. It can be super effective, you know? So definitely, you know, make, I'm, I'm the same way. I, you know, I want people to really you know, like at some point I struggle because I want the program to be affordable for everybody. But then I think sometimes people aren't as serious about it as I am for them. Sometimes I swear I want this more for people than they really want it for themselves. And then other times there's people who are nervous about addressing their health and wellness. So I totally hear, but this is what I love about you is that you come on and people who watch this can get so much from it. You, you know, even if they can't afford to go to the naturopath and they're not, maybe not ready to have that conversation. And yep. so that's why I'm so grateful. Um, you know, we're we're never going to stop. We're going to always keep trying to help everybody. No matter yeah, I, I agree. And that's exactly what I do on my Instagram. Uh, that's exactly what I do with my patients. It's really, uh, I'm blessed to be able to do something that I really am able to make a change yeah. in people's lives. And that's yeah. why I'm on here. You know, Gina yeah. doesn't pay me to do any of this stuff. No. I'm, I'm, I, I love having a conversation with people because I love the reach and the platform that you have. And I've seen the results with people. Like I work with people that, um, have maybe additional needs over and above the program. They're looking yeah. to level up. Uh, and that's really because I know the program, I'm able to kind of guide people in that. But like I said, you know, um, that takes 
resources, that takes investment, and that investment is time. That investment is also money. And if I want to get my finances in order, I'm going to pay for somebody that's going to give me great advice. And so you, uh, I really do resonate with what you're saying, Gina, is that, you know, there has to be an accountability on everybody's part is that we're here giving of our, of our information. But I think, um, hopefully you feel empowered to take that next step and level. Yeah. You know, aren't we all just waking up, trying to live our best lives. And we put so much like health is everything. Health is everything above all else in your life. You know what I mean? But you know what I do love about our members in our community is they don't mess around, man. If if they're showing up and they're making it through the process and show up every single day, man, every, at the end of every program, you know, the results that we get, I'm always like, I can't believe people stick around, man. They do the work, but holy freaking shit balls. It pays off at the end. It pays off at the end. (laughs) I love it. I got to go. I got to go. I know you got to go. I keep you on here all day. Want to stay on all day. We'll just answer people's questions. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks for having me, Gina. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Next couple weeks. Thank you. Wonderful. See you guys. Remember, we also get to post this in the guides. You can also find it as a podcast too, if you want to listen over there. Thanks, Dr. Paul. Awesome. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 